You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Hey, what's up? Before you listen, I have a quick request from you. While you're over here listening, go ahead on down, give us a rating and a review, especially if you're on Apple Music. Let us know how much you appreciate what we bring, the conversation, the dialogue. Tell us how it supports you. Give us that good five star. We appreciate you. We're live. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here. And I am not by myself again. I have India and I have a guest for those of you that have had your head stuck in the mistletoe and the tinsel and whatever else it is, because, you know, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I believe in all the things around here. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. This is our last live taping of the podcast and a pause on to play the community for this year. That was 2020, AKA what the hell. So, <laughs> Hello, Miss India. Welcome, ma'am. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance because my computer fan is a little loud today. <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes it happens. It's working and we're all here. So unaccounted for it. It's all right. And so for anyone that has not heard, we have an amazing guest here. I'm going to tell you who she is, but I love how she introduces herself. So I'm going to let her tell you the awesomeness that she is. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary people alike, welcome to Miss Laura Sprinkle. Hello, love. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. And who knows, maybe maybe my stomach will make an appearance. I know the end of the year is <laughs> it does. Her stomach is like, wait, wait. It just needs yeah. to, it wants to tap, tap on the mic all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those that may not know you, Laura, or may not know what it is that makes you different than anyone else that does what you do, tell them a little bit about you, what you do, and how you do it. Yeah, I would love to do that. So, <laughs> So I train people, and by people, I mean people that have businesses, so business owners with a proven product that they sell online. So whether it's a group program, a course, a membership, anything they sell online on how to scale using the power of partnerships and specifically affiliate partnerships. So I created a program called Rock Your Affiliate Program, and it's really lovely that I can always just point to the little sign behind me. 
Uh, and I created it after being an affiliate manager for about three years and working with some pretty amazing clients and seeing the behind the scenes of what they were doing and really realizing that partnerships and connections are a way that everybody can scale and grow. And I believe that you should have some, like, I should believe you should keep your partnerships in-house based on real connections where your values are aligned. And it is a way that we can spread wealth to the people that we want to and change the world really and make it how we want it to be. So I just want to point out something really important about what you said and what you're not advocating for is people to just find affiliates just because they're going to make you money or just because, hey, this person's got a large audience. I want them to put my stuff out there. You are speaking about actually creating authentic relationships, which then lead to affiliate relationships and subsequent sales, which means we all eat, we all win. It's a benefit. Exactly. Yeah. The quadruple win where we win, the partner wins, everybody's audience wins. So the customers and then the world as well. So for sure, real relationships that don't feel icky and also do make bank together. Like we can, we can all rise and get rich together in a really beautiful values driven way. And I appreciate that. You know, values matter to us around here. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. (laughs) it's news to me (laughs) so one of the things that's been on my mind um well first i probably should give a disclaimer that you have an amazing boot camp and i just went through the boot camp with you and some of your awesome partners and i feel like a big takeaway from that boot camp for me was that partnerships have the potential to redistribute wealth Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I love that that was your big takeaway. And I saw your post after the boot camp. It was so amazing to have you in there, by the way. Um, But for the redistribution of wealth, like if you think about it, I mean, money in general, right? We're just a conduit for money. Like money comes in through to us, through what, what we put out there in the world. And then we spend that money, hopefully intentionally more so than unintentionally with people and products that we really care about that are aligned with our values. And then when you add partnerships onto it, like for example, for my program, I offer a 50% commission for those who share. So I receive money to support my family and my team, but then I pay 50% out to my partners who can then support their audience or their team and their families and also donate to the causes that they care about. So like I have a proven product, people can make money with my proven product by sharing it. And then like, I only partner with people that are aligned with my value. So I'm only sending money to people that are doing awesome work in the world. If that makes sense. I think it does. (laughs) It does. It does. And (laughs) what you said to me sounds like an extension of what financial equity can be. And so I think um, that entire concept of doing something that isn't just for you, it isn't just for your benefit or the person that's like, hey, I'm going to do this because I'm going to gain something from it. It's talking about the the goals that are larger than self of why you're doing this um, and how this can help with kind of redistributing wealth and how financial equity, I think, is 
it, it is kind of inherent in it. Um, can you speak to kind of how you see that happening? Because I feel like it's maybe an unintended side effect that maybe you didn't necessarily plan that it happened that way, but it is absolutely a piece of it. And so being that it's definitely been on people's mind a lot more this year, how have you seen that come up more often? And what are your, you know, kind of, what are you seeing? Yeah, that's such a great question. Cause when I first started in the affiliate world, it was, I did a lot of launch strategy. So like my whole job and my whole reason for teaching people to create the marketing around their programs was to make themselves more money. And I think that often people get into business primarily because they do want to make money for themselves and their families. And, you know, maybe you have like a vision board of like the beautiful house that you want or a boat, or I don't, I don't know. I don't have a boat on mine, but I want to make friends with people that have boats. So <laughs> maybe I have that. There's no boat on mine either. So both of us are like, who yeah, has no. the boat? Somebody else show up with the boat. Like, no, I don't Kim Winslow might have the boat. Yeah, Kim probably would have the boat. She'd also have the house with the sand dunes and the cactuses around it, which I'm all in for that. Right. <laughs> we'll just visit those people, right? We can just come and bring snacks. <laughs> That's what we can do. <laughs> so like, we get into it and we want to make money, which is not a bad thing, right? We do have to feed ourselves and our families and, and all that stuff. And then as you start to work more, you really want to also be getting the results for your audience. So you're really paying attention to, do I have an amazing product that really is delivering on the promise? And maybe it's not in this order, right? Like maybe you start in other ways, but just thinking already a bit beyond yourself. And, and then when I got into the affiliate thing, a lot of people are hesitant to to add partners or add affiliates because they say, oh, well, they're taking 50% or, you know, whatever percentage they have of my money. Like, this is mine. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're thinking that, I totally uh, empathize with you. And I think that there's a really big opportunity for a reframe there with the, so when I've got this like cool spreadsheet calculator that you can see how easy it is to scale with partners and just a few partners, right? I'm not talking when well, you need to go find 200 people to spread the word or people with huge lists like Erica mentioned. But if you've got five people that are really excited about what you're doing and then we title the, the column spreading the wealth because then you do get to, to pay those people. And when I send out commission payments every month, I'm just like full of gratitude. I wouldn't have these students and being be able to make this impact on them if it weren't for these partners. And that is how my, all of my clients are because I only work with awesome people too. And so seeing them really model that for me, I think was helpful. And I don't know if that really answered the question, but hopefully it did in some way uh, with that, with that redistribution of wealth. And then, and then this year talking to you, Erica, and having you come into Rocky your affiliate program and, and help us take a look at, because it's based on real relationships, if your real relationships are only with people who look, what do you say, look, act, and look, love. Look, live, and love, just like you. Love. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that, you're only distributing wealth within your, within that little pocket. Yes. And so how can we create real relationships with people who are different from us and be able to distribute that? 
I'm just so excited to be working with you on that. Of course. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll say that I do think that there's a lot of truth, one, to the fact that like when I have been, you know, in the rooms with your people, the different industries that they're in are diverse. And so it's not like, oh, everybody's a coach because we've seen Coach Island has everybody on it and money goes nowhere. We're just like, me and India talk about this. We call it the circle jerk. Um, yes. <laughs> so dirty, but yes. <laughs> it can be. It can be. And we're breaking that. Yes. yes. And so it's like, wait, let's just stop keeping it going around and nobody's actually going anywhere. But I think there's also something important in what you said and that this doesn't have to be this thing of like, I have 30 people in order to make this work. You can have that small but mighty list of people that believe in what you do, know, you know, the value of it. And that can really make a lot of impact. And to me, it really is like a testament to what does that look like when you see the impact ripple out. Mm -hmm. Right. As somebody who's actually seen that spreadsheet, you know, I think it's important to note that seeing the numbers right in front of you, it's like incredible. Um, seeing what it would take to just hit like a hundred thousand dollars in your business on your own as a solo launch versus doing that with partners. And by partners, I mean, like you said, Laura, just five really great aligned people. They don't have to have a huge list, but they're treating your launch as if it were their own. The numbers are just incredible, not just of what you would make, but also the amount of money that they get to walk away with into being able to pay their bills and feed their family. And so if you're able to start to look at partnerships, not just in like who has the biggest audience, but you know, who do I want to support and who are they supporting? You mm -hmm. really are spreading the wealth. Mm. Mm -hmm. For sure. I feel like I've been shying away from talking about something, but I, I love it in the context of this conversation. So Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield both canceled their affiliate programs for next year. So they're not accepting affiliates to, to spread the word about B-School and Digital Course Academy. And I feel like it's such actually a great opportunity for people that don't, right? Like they don't need affiliates. They've done it. They've got huge audiences. They've got huge pull. So there's this great opportunity for people that don't have that reach to then get their five, you know, real business best friends together and, and help each other grow. How do you feel about, about that? I think that's a huge piece of it. And I think that, I think that there's been a lot of talk this year about how people feel about, um, you know, Marie Forleo's way of doing things as well as Amy Porterfield's. And I think as a whole, to see two women that, regardless of how you feel about them, have built empires in a sense of things that they don't even have to sell, but everybody else sells it for them. And they have a name already built. And to, in a sense, step back and intentionally or not, to create space for other people to come in and to shift who now becomes the go-to for some of these things. Who else's voice can get to that same type of level of being the go-to for some of these things? Who else now has an opportunity to do something differently and to know that this can provide an opportunity for somebody that we don't often see in that space, for somebody that possibly 
um, is of color, is non-binary, LGBTQIA+, seeing that area be diversified in so many ways, there's a lot of possibility there and I'm here for all of it. And to me, that's one of the most powerful things, you know, that's that's happening from that. You can look at all types of pieces and want to complain or pick at it or this, or this, that, or the other. I'm like, no, no, no. Let's look at what this can be and let's see what we can do with that. And I think that that looking at it that way is so much more meaningful and impactful than being like, oh, well, you just made enough money and now you're. No, that's not the point. Let's not go there. Yeah. Right. And I think it's so important to like provide some context for people who don't have like an insider's look into affiliate partnerships. When we say that these two women are closing their affiliate programs to give some context, there are people out there that their entire income is launching other people's programs through affiliate partnership. Meaning they don't have any of their own programs, um, which is a beautiful thing because it saved them tons of education and time and resources that maybe they don't have access to, to learn how to facilitate these services. And at the same time, we've also seen within our own community where that can look like $300,000 on the table of revenue that they were once making that they're not anymore. So you have now a market of people who are looking to say, well, what else is out there that is aligned with my values that I can fully support and get behind yep. and help their businesses thrive? Yes. And I actually think that that really goes into one of the questions that popped up here, which is that, um, Laura, I often hear you say that partnerships can heal the world. I'd love to hear you talk more about this. And I think that what we're talking about now is a great example of that. So for those that, again, maybe are unaware of you speaking to that and what that means for you when you say it, share a little bit about that, if you don't mind. I would love to. So for me, it's on on a personal level. I, I can, you know, I can connect the dots looking back. Obviously, at the time, I didn't think about this, but I've struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life. And I heard somebody say, and I really need to find out so I can attribute, but <laughs> probably it's multiple people. But somebody say that the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's not joy, but the opposite of depression is connection. And for me, that has proven really true time and time again. And my life's work is learning how to ask for help and ask for support. So for me, this work is really healing because it's all about asking for help and support and then giving generously in return the people that I attract are often the givers, right? They would like, when I post something like, how can you give to this group? They're like, I will give all of my time away and all of my money. I'm like, that's fabulous. But let's also have you receive some some love in return. (laughs) So it's a way to help those givers also receive. To me, that's healing the world. And then also to not think about business and life as the zero sum game. Uh, I'm doing all this research now into the environment. I know both of you love the environment and and fungi and how like the mycelium network. I'm going to go crazy right now, but the mycelium network underground, like it's all connected. Like the the health of the soil impacts the health of us as humans and our ability to live on this planet. And so for me making connections no matter how small or how tiny like bacteria we're more bacteria than we are human cells so just making connections and living in harmony with our ecosystem 
on all the levels, including our relationships with people. Like that to me is healing the world. It <laughs> is. Wilder, but... No, because you spoke <laughs> to the interconnectivity and how it's usually deeper and literally the roots are deeper than what people always think about. And an opportunity to see what it looks like to ask for help, especially if you're asking for someone again that may not look, live or love the way that you do. And now we're spreading it out and we're shifting who we're positioning as authorities mm -hmm. and we're shifting what's possible and requiring ourselves to receive because as somebody who does a terrible job at being able to receive like in a big scheme of things like I'm like all right I don't want to ask and then I have to receive and then that means I had to acknowledge that I needed like it's a big cycle there and so there's a lot of I think deep-seated things that you're addressing all at once that we don't always hold space for, for really addressing in reference to our businesses and how we're able to, like, if you can't receive, you can't truly give. Right. I would, so I would love to know for both of you, like, what is the, I'm just going to turn around. What's the scariest part of asking someone to promote your absolutely gorgeous, beautiful work in the world? Ooh. <laughs> We were not expecting I'm that question. I'm you, actually. Here. <laughs> see, this is everybody listening. You can't see my face, which I'm so glad about that. The community can, and they are laughing. They're like, they're like, oh, you got that on the plate, on the side. <sighs> I think for most people, it's the discomfort of putting yourself out there um, yeah, and just she, making the so ask. Exactly. For me, it's the discomfort of asking. I'm like, you can't turn that around. No, 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 like hop dog. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the raising your hand and actually making the ask. Um, and I'll also say the other side of that is as we're starting to look at, you know, where in our business can we start small and mighty as far as being able to have incentives in place. It's that giver. And you of wanting to see, okay, well, if I am going to ask, how can I make sure that they get something amazing out of this? Mm. And I'll say for others, that can be like fear of the tech side. <laughs> I see you looking at me. Yeah. Uh, the tech side is definitely not my favorite thing. I'm, I will have to like, I will make it rain on that one. I'm like, nope, here you go. You, you do that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say for me, I think it is this fear of, there's already this fear of having to ask because you don't know if they want to or if they're willing to, but there's also this fear of, um, is this good enough for you to be an affiliate for? Is this something that you want to market and that you think you can make money off of? Because the reality is, is that if you don't think that you can make any money off of it, I definitely can't. And you don't want to be the one out here pushing something and, People are like, why are you selling this? Like, if I came in and was like, I'm going to start selling Chia Pets, y'all going to be like, why are you selling Chia Pets? So I bet you could make some money with that, though. Those things sell. <laughs> well, apparently they do, because my child right now is obsessed with Baby Yoda, and there is a Chia Pet of the child that is sold out everywhere. So apparently this is the thing. However, I digress. Um, and they are outside drilling. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, I think that there's just this fear of, like, is this good enough? Have I done enough? And so for me personally, that part in me that always wants to over deliver, 
And I have to be so conscious to not overwhelm or to give things that really aren't even necessarily helpful with the value. There's that thought of like, is this enough? Can this be sold? Can this be marketed? Because I think this probably applies to me in India. So much of it lives in our head. And of course we know. But it's can I convey this to somebody else for them to go ahead and sell it too? So there's just this resistance of like, I'm about to get naked in front of you and have to give you all my stuff and make you go sell it. And that's a little scary. Right. And I think that if you have that underlying enoughness about it or any doubt there whatsoever, because it's hard to see your own genius, right? Whatever like you're doing for many of us comes second nature. So I'll say for me, certain things come easily for me to provide for others. And I don't really think as much about it. So then when I have to ask someone else to go sell it, there is that underlying like, oh, well, do they feel comfortable selling this? Do they feel like they got value out of this? Mm-hmm. Oh, that can definitely stop you in its tracks. Well, and then I'd love to know from everybody listening, and if you can put in the comments, would you share what what they're doing? Do you think it's valuable enough? I will say that I think so. Laura is asking all the bold questions today. <laughs> Marie says, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking like the little emoji covering my right. eyes. Like, no. I'm trying to run. call myself <laughs> out here. I can do, like, this comes second nature to me to do for other people. But for myself, I'm the same exact way. The same. Yeah. One of the things that I really noticed <clears throat> and stood out to me and I think is super important is that in your boot camp offer, Every day you start with reminding people that they are worthy of support and making them say it out loud. And it is so powerful to take that deep breath in and out and state that out loud, because I think that we need that reminder. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry because I need that too. Thank you. Oh, see. See, y'all, y'all had no idea what you were showing up for. Get your box of tissues now. Right. The comments are like, receive. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I think that as business owners in general, but I'm going to say especially women and knowing that we attract a lot of healers, a lot of people who are looking to do good in the world, a lot of people who identify as being highly sensitive or empaths. <sighs> It can really push on those, the ability to ask for help and also kind of open us up to seeing where can we expand our worthiness to receive support. And part of that starts with being able to ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask one of the questions too that popped up in the chat here. We have two other ones, but I want to start with one and then I want to go over to the chat chat because we have some things coming up here too. One of them is, do you think affiliates always need to have taken the program or services themselves before selling it? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I would love to know what, what you two think. I don't think so. As long as they have got a deep relationship with the the work, as long as they have a deep understanding of what is being sold and have that value alignment with the owner creator of the product, then I don't think that you have to be a student or a user of the product. Like I could, 
I think I do have an affiliate link for like Kajabi, for example. I don't personally use Kajabi, but I've used it enough for clients or seen it on the back end or taken programs in Kajabi that if some, like I could recommend it to people and I don't feel any qualms about the fact that I don't use it. I probably won't make as many sales <laughs> because I don't have that personal experience. I think if you have gone through a program, you can really speak to the transformation on a personal level with those stories. And at the same time, I don't think you need to. One of the ways that I suggest people share, if it's a course, for example, is saying, I'm going to be going through it with you. Let's do this together. Yeah, I think there's something that's true about what you said in the sense that I think everybody's brain works a little differently. And so just for example, we've shared and talked about it um, in the community recently, how um, we used Dubsado, but then like for uh, Silver Emergent on the wedding side, I use HoneyBook. And these are two different platforms that do very similar things, but they attract people because of the way that their brain works in a lot of ways. And so you go with what works for you. And I think that there are times where you are, you know, selling or recommending something as an option. You're giving something to somebody as a suggestion that this might work for you because, and if you see yourself in it, then you can go from there. I don't think that everything that anyone mentions means that you have to physically be using it at that moment in order for it to be valid. Because that's just like, you know, again, if you have used multiple CRMs and this happens to be the one that you're using right now, that doesn't mean that something else might not be the best fit for somebody else. I agree completely. And I'll also say, like, from my perspective, that it's it's supportive to have people in your network who have used some competitor services or some competitor, um, in this case, software, CRM software. Because, like, I love Dubsado. Erica's a HoneyBook girl. Our brains work very differently and we both have our own affiliate links and we share them openly. And if I have a client that um, doesn't like seeing spreadsheets and the way that Dubsado looks, which is very like old school 1999 business CRM looking, um, <laughs> that's not for everybody. I send them Erica's way with her um, HoneyBook link, you know, and that works out really well because I've also seen the back end of that. Mm -hmm. I love that reminder too, that when we put that cap on things, like I have to use this myself, we're making it about ourselves instead of what is the best product for this person that we're referring to it. Like it really has nothing to do with us at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about being able to give them some options. Mm -hmm. I think as consumers, we also have to remember that we're, we're, we shouldn't be looking at this from the point of view of, oh, well, did you do this? How did this work for you? Because it doesn't matter what it did or didn't do for them if it is or isn't the best fit for you. Like, let's not attach that to somebody else. Yeah, and like taking responsibility for our own results. Like if you sign up for a course, a coach, a program, and I had to learn this the hard way. Right? I remember my first coach paid $7,000 that I didn't really have in my rent money to to a coach and didn't get results. And it was because I was paying her money to save me. It ultimately, I, I didn't say that here, save me, but right. I'm like, dig me out of this hole. But it, now I make investments of like, I'm taking responsibility for this. I want to learn this thing from you or, or whatever it is. Like when we make investments from that place. Anyway. Yeah. I love that. What you were saying. <laughs> One of the things that's been on my mind is in your boot camp, you break down some different ways that like 
partnerships help others, um, including yourself. And (laughs) I really took a look at like, how are partnerships a win for the world? Um, just because my mind always goes there first. And I wanted to see if you feel comfortable diving into like where we have opportunities, programs, and services such as coaching and healing services and how spreading out that message and getting that in front of more people can actually begin to be a win for the world. Yeah. I would love to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, what like have both, have both of you worked with a coach or a healer of some kind that has changed your life for the better? Hmm. I'll say yes. And I've also I've had good and bad experiences. I think yeah. we all have that. But <laughs> see for me, I'm gonna I'll be honest and say that. I've also had a lot of experiences throughout my life, even like just from a leadership standpoint of, you know, someone that was supposed to be helping or teaching or whatever that looks like. And I learned very early on what it looks like to get what you need out of something. And sometimes that's what not to do. And so it's not always whether or not something is good or bad or did this give me what I needed? Did it give me something? And so I learned a lot of what not to do. Now, I'm not saying that it's always good to go pay money to learn what not to do, but there's also value in that. And so it's important to make sure that we don't quantify your your learning or your takeaways or the value or benefit of something having to be positive or having to be, I learned how to do this better from this person. Even if you learn better from the sense of, I can see where that won't really work for me. And having been somebody that, often did things in a way that other people wanted me to do something in the completely opposite way that I'm like, I don't do that. Like I've learned that I have to, to take responsibility and take what I need out of it. Cause people are quick to want to put me in a, Oh, you're doing hair, go do YouTube videos. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing YouTube videos. I don't want to do tutorials. And oh, so I remember that <laughs> I've gotten that so many times from way too many people. And so I had to learn to read between the lines to pay attention to what I needed. And honestly, even when Andy and I started Pause on the Play, nobody understood it. Nobody knew what we were doing. Some people were even like, yeah, I don't even know if I would do that. We had coaches that we were working with at the time that actually were kind of coaching us out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of love that when you, not that people try to talk you out of things, but when you have that conviction behind it and you're like, this still feels right. I don't really care what you're saying. We're going to go move forward with it anyway. Yes. (laughs) There's something to that of like, no matter what you get out of a program is knowing that going into it, you've dedicated yourself to getting something out of it. And I think the more that she and well, Erica and I decided to kind of take that stance on things in our life and empower ourselves to say, no matter what comes out of this, I'm going to get something out of it or learn something from it or transform in some kind of way for me, then even in the worst experience, there's still a beautiful lesson learned. Mm-hmm. For sure. And have you been referred to a healer or is, you know, some kind of service that you're just like so grateful to have been exposed to. Oh yeah. My therapist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was a referral. And I was like, (laughs) it was like, it was a really good referral. I have a friend that somebody was like, Hey, 
she does Reiki, and I'd never tried it before. And I was like, what is, what is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I need this. I'm going to keep paying you for this. I like this a lot. And so, but part of that also, I think, creates a little bit of a trickle down and that you're now seeing it can help to open you up to things. So I think that that's a piece of that too. Lisa has been for me. Yeah, I'll say for me that my best experiences have been referrals. Mm-hmm. Both totally. referring me, me to use someone else's services as well as a client being referred to me have been some of my favorite clients. Oh yeah, because client referrals. Yeah. Oh yeah, with those. Hell yeah, with all those. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it's just like for for the podcast. Like, if if you send me somebody, I know they're going to be awesome. Right? It takes that like guesswork out of things. That's so. It's so nice to have that. And it, and when it comes to things like Reiki, therapy, I mean, we all know and understand that if more people have therapists that are able to talk about their issues and be, you know, feel better, feel calmer or whatever it is that they're going for, like the world is going to be a better place with that. So that is a big part of the world thing. I'd love to know, India, what you wrote on your, on your list of how, you know, you getting out there in a bigger way actually helps the world. Just I'm just going to continue to turn it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this turned into the Erica in India interview. <laughs> um, let me think about that. Oh. Or, I mean, Erica, like if more people incorporate, or for both of you, actually, if more people incorporate DEI principles and practices, into what they're doing like that's fucking huge yeah (laughs) and it's not even that i have to think about it it's just it feels so huge that i'm like my chest is tightening up of saying it out loud (laughs) i want to flip it i know what the benefit is of what india does and i have an easier time verbalizing that just because of the fact that she looks at marketing and visibility and just the whole showing up and allowing the world to see you and all of the things that other people may or may not reflect back to you that are there, she completely flips the entire industry on how everyone was told that they have to do it. She does it. <laughs> just covered her face. She completely shifts the way that you you can market because we were told that you have to market in a very specific way. And so allowing people to market themselves and to show up and be visible in different ways, to me is providing equity to those that now see that it is possible for me to show up. It's possible for me to be seen and sell my shit and to not feel weird about it and to not feel like, well, can I do this with the big old fat question mark at the end? You can and you should. And let me show you how you can do this in a way that works for you. I see you, ma'am. <laughs> Awkward. No. <laughs> I'm getting chills. Oh, I'm like, I'm, we're going to do this in the next boot camp. <laughs> like sharing, showering each other with love. Oh, my favorite thing. Oh. You know, the biggest thing that stands out to me from the DEI perspective is people knowing about who you are, seeing the way you show up in the world, Erica, working with you and having that experience has the incredible ability to remove the shame from racism. Because if we're going to look at racism as a whole, one of the biggest things that I've learned from you is that it's a system. We were all programmed to contribute 
to not being inclusive, to contribute to this really harmful structure in some way or another. Even Black people, you know, contribute to that structure. And there can come so many feelings of shame and guilt and frozenness from that. And I see your industry, and this is not to say anything bad about anybody else, but it can live in being this dominatrix that is constantly whipping people. You should be ashamed. I'm going to make you wear the scarlet R for racist. And that doesn't allow people to actually focus on the changes they want to see. And so there's just so much impact that is created when people invest the time and the energy into what you're doing that goes far beyond even their own shame and guilt about it, but actually facilitates more opportunities, more revenue, more financial equity. It allows people to feel like they can show up in the world and be themselves and not be judged for their hair texture or their skin color. It allows people to see where their biases are, the language that they're using that might be harmful. There's just so much power in that. Thank you. You're welcome. Like, oh, Laura, you did this. Well, but this is also the power of partnerships. It's so much easier for somebody else to to say those things about you and to make those sales. And I know that if India was selling on, on Erica's behalf and Erica, you're selling on India's behalf, like you're able to to pinpoint those. And yes, you could say those things yourself, but it just comes across a little differently. Right. <laughs> like tooting your own horn a little much but like someone else says it it's awesome i want to point out the jedi mind trick that laura just performed is you actually showcased the incredible power of the fact that partnerships goes beyond just the affiliate link right eric and i partner with each other we partner with you we partner with the members of our community and within that we're able to highlight the beautiful pieces of everything everyone else is doing and what makes them so unique and lets them shine and put that in front of others. Mm-hmm. So fun. I see you. See you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, morning. So before we don't get this one, I want to make sure there's another question that is in our little question and answer box. And then I want to, I see everybody over here in the chat, which I love you for it. So thank you. Um, <laughs> So the beauty of this question is, is it shifts just slightly and it talks about what partnerships can look like um, in some of the different industries. So this is one of our members that couldn't be here live, but made sure to pop their question in. They're an influencer and want to know what the best way is to create partnerships with beauty and fashion brands. Personally connect with them um, and influencer agencies that could help them out. And if so, how are they able to find those things and access them? Mm, that's a great question. So they are the influencer. So they're looking to be the affiliate essentially. Right. In this case. Yeah. I love that. And the thing is, is that brands are, are looking for this all the time, right? Like if someone comes to me and says, I want to make money by promoting your program or promoting your product, we'd be like, heck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I would do is actually the same first thing that we have people do when they want to create an affiliate program and have other people promote, which is get really clear on your values, which obviously you're in the exact right place for that. <laughs> so get really clear because if you want to only partner with brands that use 
you know, completely transparent production methods. That's probably not the right words or like that are super sustainable. So get really clear on what kinds of brands that you want to promote. And then I would reach out and start making real relationships because if you can say, I don't think you have to, and this is not my area of expertise, by the way, this would be actually more India. But if you can say, I know the owner of this product and like I know them personally and we've talked about sustainability. I'm going on the sustainability route, but we've talked about sustainability. We've talked about the fungi of the world or whatever. <laughs> and we're gonna, like, have a bigger impact with it. Um, India, I'd love to know, you know, what you think for this. That's my exact advice. Number one, it starts with getting clear on your values because if you don't know what you're supporting and what you won't support, you will end up selling anything. And that's the quickest and fastest way to lose trust amongst your followers and your community mm-hmm. is for them to feel like you're just kind of signing up to push anybody's product that's willing to pay you. Um, so I do think it starts with knowing those values, getting crystal clear on that, and then beginning to build relationships with brands that, um, you know, have those same values in mind. And that might not always be directly um, for the fashion influencer. That might not always be a fashion company. It might be um, a mattress company. It might be a protein powder company. It might be something else. But when I think of being a professional affiliate, I think that you have the opportunity to be a whole human. You are selling your personal brand. And as an individual human, there are multiple choices that you're making every day. From the moment you wake up and brush your teeth, you're selecting a brand of toothbrush, a brand of toothpaste, a brand of face wash. And so these are the places to start looking at. Number one is asking yourself what you're already using. Are those aligned with your values? And can you start reaching out to some of those companies? Mm. Yeah, I love that with what you're already using. And I've heard from people that that do have like large Instagram followings, for example, that get really bogged down with so many offers that they're sharing. So are there like some staples that you could have and really create that relationship with the brand? So you're promoting them throughout the year. People expect it from you and it can become part of your business model while at the same time not putting all your eggs in one basket. So if like... Marie and Amy, they decide to stop using affiliates or partnerships. You're not like, oh, I have to find something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. So I, I think there's two things in here in the comments that I want to make sure that I bring up as well. And they're kind of related. So I'll give you them both, but they are kind of two separate things here. One is kind of that psychology as to whether or not it's easier to sell something if you're not being compensated, if somehow money gets in the way. And the other part is kind of that whole marketing of one to many versus one to one, because I'm seeing that there's a little bit of a different feeling if it's like, oh, I'm selling this on my podcast versus like, oh, I'm talking to you one on one. And what can that look like? Or if there's any resistance, like one person mentioned how like if it's one to one and it's just them, they feel like they have to give all of this like, wait a minute, wait a minute, full transparency. And there's this feeling of like, I got to give you all this stuff before I can do it. And so I feel like these are giving some of those pieces of resistance. Um, And so if these come up first, tell me that. And if so, tell me kind of what you see in these. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I would say it even comes up 
um, for myself now. It comes up for a lot of people. And I love to point out, so we've got like a four phase system that we take people through in creating affiliate programs. Phase three is actually during their promotion is what we call Amplify. And we've found that the biggest blocker, right? So at that point, you've attracted the right partners, you've activated them with beautiful assets and trainings and all of that to go all in. And then now you're in the promo. And the biggest reason that you're not going to see results is um, like taking your foot off the gas and forgetting that your affiliates are going through a mindset, like they're going through sales mindset stuff. They're going to come up with resistance. So they may say like, oh, I got too busy or come up with different things. Um, but but they're going through mindset things and they're the exact mindset things that you're talking about. So whether it's like, how do I share this even though I'm an affiliate and that feels awkward. So I would sit with yourself and what we have uh, students do. And I think you could do this too if you're if you are an affiliate for somebody else is write out why is it a win for the person that you're supporting with their product and why do you want them to win? <laughs> right? Like, I want Indian Erica to succeed because of X, Y, Z. I'm just using as an example. And then why is it a win for you to promote? And yes, it is because you're earning compensation. And that is wonderful. Like you don't, there's something to be ashamed of with wanting to make money and do well or earn prizes or whatever it is. Um, why is it a win for the person that you're inviting? And then why is it a win for the, the world that this product gets out there in a bigger way? And if that alone doesn't like snap you out of it a little bit, like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> then the other piece I would recommend is no matter if you're promoting on your blog to an individual person, both legally, like you're required to say that you're an affiliate. And I recommend saying it right from the start if it's a free resource. So even if there's no money being exchanged, I am a proud affiliate and this is a free resource. Um, and so if you do purchase something in the future from this person, I may receive compensation um, for, for sharing this with you. And at the same time, I only promote things that I really value and believe in. And here's why this is awesome. Da, 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 da. And I think with that transparency and being upfront, like it just eliminates some of that that ickiness. I'm just like, I'm an affiliate and I think that you would love this thing. <laughs> That's not why I'm promoting it to you. But like all of you here, like India was saying, you're all doing beautiful work. Your empaths, your can be highly sensitive, but you don't have, like, you're not going to promote something crappy and your audience knows that they trust you. <laughs> so don't forget that. I agree. I think there's a lot there of that entire piece of don't all of a sudden assume if you get behind selling something that now people have assumed like, oh, you're selling something. So now all of a sudden you've become a used car salesman to put on the short sleeve button down shirt with a tie on. That's not what happened. Your ethics did not all of a sudden change because you're supporting something worth being supported. Actually on the receiving end, I think for many people, if you're selecting align partnerships um, with you being the affiliate, that it can be a sigh of relief because you just put a resource in front of them that is the logical next step that they would take in the process of working with you or mm -hmm. the logical step that they would take just before working with you or in conjunction with that. And they and didn't so, have to look for it. They didn't have to guess. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So I'd highly recommend because yes, I could say, 
you know, and I've seen people who donate money that they get from commissions or do something else with it. I would recommend that you don't do that. I recommend that you sit with, why are you uncomfortable with that? Because if you can overcome some of those blocks and that fear is probably blocking you from making more sales of your own products too. And I don't say that with like you, I'm like, I struggle with the same thing, but (laughs) I think that's an important thing to mention though. Like if you're receiving, why are you possibly butting up against any resistance to holding it or maintaining it? Just like the person is like, okay, I made money and now I have to go make a, I have to donate something or I have to pay all of these, like, let me give it all away. It's safe to receive and to hold money. We're not saying that you're hoarding. We're not saying it's about greed, but it is safe to hold, especially in a year, um, and I don't think that it's exclusive just to this year, but I think that, you know, being able to receive money and then make fiscally responsible choices with it, some of those choices include holding it. Mm -hmm. That worthiness of support, it translates as well to, I am worthy of support from the products that I promote and receiving a commission from, I'm worthy of that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll say firsthand, like, I feel like both of us, but I'm going to speak about me, Erica. I've seen firsthand this year that it does require holding your money and not always giving all of it away yeah. to be able to take care of yourself so that you do have the energy to keep going out there and doing the work that we yep. call DEI. Yes. And making good decisions with your money means that if for some reason, things slow down, which sometimes happens in life or life in itself just happens in the myriad of ways that it can, that you don't end up in a situation where you're like, I didn't plan for this. I didn't consider this. And now I'm in a not so great place. And so it's not negative to want or to desire or to maintain money for your own well-being especially when it comes to the just-in-case, because we have been shown that the just-in-case can and will show up. Right. It's that old uh, phrase of, like, make sure you're putting your oxygen mask on. Yes, Mm ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Can you think of any things, Laura, that you would want people to know that maybe are the things that they don't think about? the questions that they might not always ask, or maybe there's that resistance until that one person asks it. And then they're like, Oh, thank you. I'm glad somebody said it. (laughs) Yeah. Of the resistance of, of maybe creating partnerships. Creating it or being the affiliate Or, or being an affiliate. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, our ability to succeed with this And I would argue on like an esoteric level, our ability to succeed in life is about asking for and receiving support. So I feel like if you are saying that you're not going to get started with creating an affiliate program right now, which is all good, (laughs) but where in your life are people already offering you support to, I don't know, help you carry in the groceries or hold the door open or give you a compliment And where can you start just practicing receiving in those small ways? Because that work is going to ultimately help you receive in bigger ways as well. Mm, That's a powerful example. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think everybody's ability to receive and to give this year has definitely been challenged. And usually the challenge is the other side of it where you're not in control of it. It's like, wait, 
dream you're giving to me. That wasn't a part of this deal. Wait, what are we doing here? <laughs> We're so good at blocking it. About like, you know, if someone says like, oh my gosh, I love your dress. You know, it's like, oh, well, it was $12 at Target. You know, like it was, it's only this, but it's like, no, it's just like, thank you. It has pockets. It's awesome. <laughs> Three. Actually, I want to hear both of your opinions on this. Three words that I've heard this year that I've been trying to be much, much more aware of when I use them. One is just, the other is but, the other is only. Mm, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but has been a big one. Asking yourself, what is what you're going to say after that but necessary? Do, are you are you <laughs> negating everything you said before the but? Right. Mm-hmm. I love switching it. I was going to say just there. I love switching it out for and and seeing if it still works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we had someone in the comments say that they're really intentional about trying to delete the just in emails because it comes up a lot. And I feel like that word just can really like water down everything that was said after it. Oh, by the way, can you just, or it was, you know, it's just this little thing or it just Mm -hmm. costs this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just checking. Yeah. And these are words that are so embedded into what we do on a daily basis. And when you step back and you're like, I don't even know why this word keeps coming up. Because if you, and see, that's the other thing. I think if you look at how often a word comes up, like I was, we were um, taking a, a webinar from someone yesterday and they highlighted a phrase that was by someone else that was kind of doing equity work. But then they highlighted how many times in this phrase, the word you came up. And it was like, I don't know, eight times or something. And it was like, wait, this entire thing now (laughs) looks completely different because we have pointed out how much it's like, how you have to do this and you have to pay. I was like, oh, oh, well, okay. So I'm like, when you look at the words in that way, you're like, this changed everything. Right. There's a comment that I want to make sure doesn't get missed, which is I wonder how many times men write just in an email. And I think that's important to note is... Some of these things I think can be ingrained specifically into women and minorities to soften how we show up. We have to add the but because if we don't put it there, are we being too pushy? Are we speaking up too loudly? You know, if that just isn't there, are we the angry black woman? (laughs) Well, I think that comes up when how, if we're talking about how many times a word comes up, how long are your emails? Like, you really had one question. Did you have to put four more statements there just to soften that question because you didn't want to seem aggressive? Because as we have heard Vivian K say, what would Chad do? Chad would not give you five extra statements with that question. Chad is going to give you the statement and be done. He's going to be like, here, can you do this? Thanks, bye. And you might not get the thanks. Chad's going to ask for exactly what he needs, take all the support and be unapologetic about it, knowing that he's underqualified. Oh, and I do feel like that with, with partner programs, I mean, the people that have been really successful with this are white men that are supporting each other. And though we can say circle jerk and things like that, and I don't think that every man who is using partner programs is a terrible person, some incredible clients in that world. And I really do take note of 
they're not worried about it. It's like, this is a logical thing to do. Let's support each other. And I'm like, why aren't we doing that? <laughs> All facts. Yeah. No lies detected whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely. You have any final questions or things we didn't touch on, India? Ooh, I want Laura to tell us about her boot camp. Yes, please, and thank you. Because that's the yeah. thing. I'm like, I'm gonna ask her, but before I do that, let's let India put <laughs> Laura on. <laughs> that's the question I had. Tell us that's all the deets. Yeah. <laughs> so the next boot camp is in February. So February first to the fifth. And it's going to be even better than the one that India did, although that one is pretty incredible. But we got some <laughs> feedback and always improving it. And then we also have on Monday, December 14th, uh, Create Your Affiliate Program Starter Kit coming out. So if you don't want to wait till February to get started with building connections and relationships, you can start doing that. Uh, so that's free. And then the boot camp is $49. So a really easy win for you to go through. And I would ask India about her experience some more if you have questions. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm totally open to having that conversation for anyone who's curious. I got a lot of takeaways out of it. And I'll say just the spreadsheet that you have, even for people who hate Excel, like it is worth taking the five minutes to go in that spreadsheet and see the numbers. <laughs> she was so excited. She was so excited. That's I immediately contacted Eric and was like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Look at these numbers. She's like, hold on, slow down. <laughs> she was, I mean, and just the things that she's picked up that sometimes it's just reinforcing things that you know, but hearing it differently and from someone else and in the context of something different. It's like, wait, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that. Yeah. So she's come back with like, oh, man, this is amazing. And actually, I just want to call myself out because I'm pretty sure I just said, only $49. <laughs> I take that back. It is the best $49 you will spend. <laughs> it is worth way more than $49. Let me tell you. Well, I just, I just did that. Oh my God. I just <laughs> this is going to become the new guys where before it was like, hey guys. And I'm like, damn it. Now it's going to be just the judge. Oh, great. <laughs> So, trap twice. <laughs> it happens for everyone that came and participated shared in the chat extra questions we appreciate you because i'm sure that everybody is listening has pulled all types of business from it and they got to meet laura and watch laura put us on the spot and do her <laughs> magic without us i see you jedi mind tricking right. me we were not ready for that. No. <laughs> I was like planning on doing that and it was the best thing ever. I love seeing you do that for each other. <laughs> but this lets you see exactly what that can look like and how powerful it is to allow for other people to sell you and to sell you on other people on your awesomeness. So right. for that and for you being here and talking with us in our community and for being a part of the community, Laura, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is the beauty of being able to have partnerships with people that can fill in the gaps because again, we don't all know everything and my goal is not to try to know it all. It's to allow those people to shine that are freaking awesome at what they do. And so as you heard, Laura's program will be opening up shortly. And when it does, you can go on over to 
pauseontheplay.com forward slash partnership. You can check it out. You can learn about it. You can sign up. I'm telling you, this woman knows what she's talking about. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful to have her around and as, as a part of the Pause on the Play family. So as always, you know, I'm glad to have you here, have you listening, participating, being a part of the change that you want to see and creating bridges so we can all walk over them and create connections. So until next time, if I don't speak to you before some of these holidays have passed and you celebrate, by all means, enjoy and we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, keep the dialogue going. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity and what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?